The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. That's right. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up. You don't get no better than that, man. He's lacked up to short middle Beatty with the catch, and he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazad Cat. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazadcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And, Colin, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but it's been a minute. Yeah, we've been derelict in our duties. Well, we have been on a Jeff Bezos space capsule traveling around the Earth, orbiting many times, looking for uh, new recruits for the Mizzou football program, and... After several months, we've discovered that's a bad way to recruit. Uh, it was a bad idea. So we're back on Mother Earth. And uh, there is finally something to talk about because while we have been derelict in our duties, Colin, I feel like it has been one of the slowest football news summers that I can remember in a long time, at least on the Mizzou front. I'm going to agree with you. I don't remember anything ever. You know, I mean, like, I often will like listen to an old show just to sort of get back in the groove before we do a new one. And the way talking about a game, I'm like, Boy, I feel like I was really invested in that game, and I don't remember any part of it. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of emotions about it, and now I don't have any recollection of it ever happening. Yeah, that's probably the drugs. <laughs> it may uh, be the drugs. Might be the drugs. Bryn, there's lots to talk about tonight. we got to talk about the team, the upcoming season. I heard someone say on the radio today that Mizzou's schedule is for, you know, it's a good schedule. Like, it's not a, not a gauntlet this year, so that's good. Yeah. Obviously, I'm well prepared. <laughs> I heard somebody say something. And well, I'm reporting it as news. The, the news is that they have a schedule. I mean, I look at the schedule that we've got this year, and I think it all circles back to, for Mizzou fans, is that we don't know what kind of team we're going to be looking at. Because from a, SEC Media Days just wrapped up a, few, a week ago, and Mizzou was a total afterthought. They put us on the first day to get us out of the way because they were contractually obligated to let our head coach talk. <laughs> That's right. And yep, yep. then Mizzou wasn't mentioned at all since then. And then we were picked, I think, pretty much by everyone in the media room to finish just above Vanderbilt and be a terrible football team. But I think that is short-sighted. And I don't know about you, Colin, but I'm actually kind of optimistic about this year and this team. And there's a few reasons why. One is I think Mizzou never does better than when we are completely overlooked, and we are completely overlooked this year by teams that shouldn't be overlooking us, like South Carolina, who, you know, they... Well, Brennan, this Beamer guy's got South Carolina on the tracks. That's well, what I've been told. Oh, God, they love There's, Beamer. Everybody's so optimistic about South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina's going to be good now, Brennan, suddenly. Yeah, well, they got themselves a transfer quarterback from Oklahoma, and Shane Beamer is supposedly likable to his players and that is enough to think that they're in contention for the sec east maybe rattler will be all he's supposed to be but 
albino Patrick Mahomes hasn't peed a drop. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why they expect him to pee a drop at South Carolina with less talent than Oklahoma had. I'm not going to say that South Carolina is not going to be better. South Carolina had a couple good wins last year. I think they like what they saw out of Beamer in his first year. But I don't think there's any reason to expect that South Carolina should be lights out or that they should overlook Mizzou. And speaking of overlooking Mizzou, before we even get into conference play, I have to talk about Kansas State because Kansas State is uh, – the Kansas State fans have been in our feed for some reason. We're playing them on September 10th. It's our second game. Oh, I game. know why, Brendan, we, because we got, the, we got a recruit named Manning. Yeah, Joshua who Manning. Who is a four-star wide receiver, and he, is, he was down to K-State, Mizzou, and they're like, he chose Mizzou, and everybody's like, why would they go to Mizzou when he could come to a powerhouse like Checks notes, K-State? What? <laughs> yeah. Well, Kansas State was being very chesty about their team before Joshua Manning came on board. Now, I think they thought they had him in the bag, and I think they were very butthurt that he ended up coming to Mizzou. But There's some chat butt there, yeah. But, I mean, Kansas State is nothing. Just, like, Look, Kansas State could win the football game. I think Missouri will beat Kansas State. It's the second game of the year. Any game that happens early, especially amongst two teams that aren't top tier, you don't know what's going to happen. I just think it's ridiculous for teams like South Carolina and Kansas State to look at Mizzou and then scoff. Because I saw there was one yeah. guy who said, like, uh, well, bad decision coming to Mizzou. We've owned them for the last 30 years now. If you look at the record of Mizzou versus Kansas State, I think we've won like 66 games to like 19. <laughs> There's no... Yeah. Well, Brendan, the, the, those are bad seasons. Those are historically bad seasons. And as we all know from Arkansas, those seasons don't count. Yeah, you can't. As well. You can't count the forty seasons we were bad. Yeah, <laughs> this is the thing about I don't. I don't know how Mizzou has gotten this reputation because it's not earned. I mean, yes, we have down seasons. We're not Alabama, and we have good seasons and we have bad seasons. We're like a girl in a high school who hasn't blown the entire football team, but everybody says has blown the entire football team. Yeah. We've got this reputation. We haven't even earned it. We've only blown half the football team, but <laughs> Brendan, let's be honest. We've only blown half the baseball team, so it's just it's just out out of left field. Well, you know, I get it. Georgia, Alabama, they can look at Mizzou and mark a W on their calendar, and I don't think any Mizzou fans are probably going to fight you on that. But when you're Kansas State, when you're South Carolina, even when you're Arkansas. And you're just automatically looking at Mizzou as a W and just putting us in the Vanderbilt camp. That is so out of line with actual results and reality. And I do hope this is a year where we kind of prove, we make people, I hope we're going to get to play sour grapes a lot because the way people are yeah, looking past too. us this year, there's a lot of opportunities to do that. We could literally play sour grapes based off of the tweets that came from this Manning kid shoes in Missouri. Oh my God. Yeah. They, he, <laughs> the thing that got me is I don't think that Kansas state was doing themselves any favors by tweeting at this kid, telling him what a huge mistake he was made and what a piece of shit he is. I mean, Kansas State fans were salty and they were shitty. Maybe he just didn't want to win, wear, wear one of the ugliest uniforms in college football. <laughs> Purple is always a bad with the, color. With the worst 90s clip art fucking logo in the, on the planet. Yeah, now I will say that we don't have a lot to go on there when it comes to clip art <laughs> no, cat logos. Our, yeah, yeah. But uh, the reason I'm excited about this year is really Eli Drinkwitz has given us hope the first two years with strong recruiting classes, much better than the Barry Odom era, and frankly, better than a lot of Gary Pinkle years. And this will really be the first year that we get to see some of these guys show out, and they're going to be a major part of this program because really for the first couple of years for Eli Drinkwitz, he was playing with Odom players, and this is going to be a Drinkwitz team primarily, and a lot of high-caliber Drinkwitz guys. You know, starting with Luther Burden, obviously. The other thing that has me excited is Sam Horn. I mean, we did not know all summer long whether he was going to play baseball or whether he was going to be a Tiger. Well, he's on campus. He's going to be a Tiger. We don't know how much he's going to play. We don't know if he's going to start. Surely, probably not at the beginning of the season since there's four quarterbacks and he's the only one who's not seen significant college minutes. But he's got the highest upside. And the fact that he's on this team, we've got talent on this team. It's just undiscovered talent, and we don't know who's throwing the football. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, now, not knowing who's throwing the football is a big if, but I just don't think that we're a four and five win team like people are calling for. I'm looking forward to beating some teams. Fuck, we could beat Auburn this year. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to beat Georgia, but Auburn's been in the dumps. Auburn's been in the dumps, Colin. Auburn sucked. Britain, Britain. Did you take methamphetamines before the show? We're beating Auburn so this year, Colin. Down. We're beating Auburn. Easy. 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 <laughs> All right. I'm not saying we're gonna, not going to beat Auburn. I'm just like, you, you were just going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think they're you're right. We're there's a lot of high end recruits. It's it all looks good. I think we're being underestimated, as you mentioned, by everybody. Because what's the most important position in the field? Well, obviously, quarterback. Who's our starting quarterback? I do not know. Exactly, and I think that you know, for a, a media, the SEC media that is that's so ready to dismiss Mizzou out of hand, we make it easier for them to do when we don't have a a starting quarterback and. Uh, I, I will say this. I feel like every year Mizzou, I mean, we've been in like a decade now, and every year Mizzou becomes more and more SEC. And I feel like our media is. I mean, and Brock M. Nation is becoming completely, you know, insulting and dismissive of our, of our team and uh, fan base. So that's good. Where they're becoming more SEC. Mm-hmm. Let's just get into it. You want to get in the roster, Brennan? You want to dig in? I don't know. Is that, have you got like a list of, it sounds like you've done homework. Yeah, and I'm well, not I'm prepared gonna, to. I just want to. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do like this is a season preview. Is that what you would call this kind of? I guess Maybe? I guess so. I just, <laughs> it's also yeah. six months yeah. of shows wrapped up into one. Here's your options: you got Tyler Macon, who's been here. You got Brady Cook, been here. Brady Cook's working out with all our wide receivers in St. Louis, which is uh, probably a good thing, I would think. Then, as you mentioned, Sam Horn is officially going to be a Tiger, and then the wild card here is Jack Abraham. Yeah, and if uh, I'm sure Tiger fans already know. This is a 35-year-old adult mm-hmm. man who sells car insurance. No, mm-hmm. but he is he is 25 plus, and um, this is his seventh year <laughs> of college football eligibility. On the 11th um, team somehow. Yeah, so he played for uh, Mississippi State. Most of his playing time came at Southern Mississippi. Yeah, all the things you're going to hear about a guy who's got you know seven year vet you know he's steady and accurate and he's a experienced quarterback. Blah blah blah. So I think feel like everybody is sort of like just crowning him as like, oh, he'll probably start the season and we'll see if, you know, like Cook or Horn can take it away from him. I don't know necessarily why they're just handing the – some people want to hand the keys to this Abraham kid, but especially because when I was looking him up, he's like like 20-plus interceptions and 20-plus fumbles. His numbers aren't – two and a half years starting for like Southern Mississippi. Like that doesn't sound great. Yeah, his numbers aren't that impressive. I think the – people who are expecting him to start part of the reason is the fact that he's on this roster is kind of evidence that Drinkwitz has never seemed to have a lot of faith in either Cook or Macon guys that he was loath to start even when Bazelak was playing absolutely fucking terribly yet some reason or another God love them Macon and Cook have stayed on this team when it's never been easier to transfer out I guess they're seeing their shot now, but like you get this guy in Abraham and you think, well, he's obviously brought here to replace Cook, who Drinkwitz doesn't love, and Macon, who Drinkwitz doesn't love until Sam Horn and maybe is ready. I think it's pretty apparent that, you know, based on Drinkwitz running Connor Bazelak out last year on like one leg for 90% of the season when Cook and Macon are both healthy on the bench, says you don't have a lot of confidence in him. Plus, he, he took a run at three different sort of high-profile transfer quarterbacks swung and missed on all of them. And then it sort of Jack Abraham was the last 
person on this list, and he was he's not high profile. He's just an experienced quarterback, which maybe maybe Drink just wanted an experienced quarterback and you know somebody to bridge the gap to Sam Horn, but it doesn't say much about how he feels about making and cook. So that's that's a that's a huge question mark. And I if if one of those guys, you know, and I think everybody's hoping for Sam Horn, but if even if it's Cook or Macon, if if somebody can step up to the quarterback position, that could really change the complexion of this team. Yeah. Um, the other problem we have on offense, and maybe not a real problem, but it's certainly an unknown, is running back because we lost the um, biggest swinging dick on the planet and Tyler Beatty. Like, who's going to get his snaps? And you know, Drinkwitz has not been a run by committee guy, but uh, maybe he's going to have to be. But you know, Elijah Young and Michael Cox have been on the roster. They're the only ones that really got any snaps last year. I want to see Cox play more. He was mm-hmm. a dump truck when they gave him the ball. He just didn't very many opportunities. Yeah, Mike Cox. I'll tell you, Colin. What I'm excited about is Mike Cox big. Yeah. And I can't say this to a mortal certainty, but Mike Cox veiny, I think. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's, because all the muscles. Yeah, sure. I mean, Mike Cox beefy. I, I just feel like Mike Cox can drive it home. Imagine being out there and, you know, Mike Cox filling holes. For sure. You know, Mike Cox hammering the end zone. He just, he's a, <laughs> Mike Cox throbs for football. You know what I mean? I feel like he's got that intensity. Sure. Sure. I think we're all ready to see my Cox. <laughs> yeah, I know I am. <laughs> uh, go on, Colin. They got Nate Pete, who's like a Stanford transfer, who was like their leading rusher, but that can be deceptive because he wasn't really all that, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't yeah. bad, but he wasn't you know, like a star well, or anything. Last year, we weren't that great of a team. We were a pretty mediocre team, plus Tyler Beatty. You know, like Tyler Beatty, <laughs> yeah. it reminded me of the 98 Cardinals where nobody cared about the actual team. They just cared about McGuire smashing taters. And we only mm. cared about Tyler Beatty almost last year. I think we almost have to be a better team because we weren't that good last year. We still were bowl eligible. So anyway, go on. I'm just, I'm still enthusiastic about this team despite the quarterback question marks. No, for sure. For sure. So I, I just saying there's there's a lot of options. There's a yeah. Cody Schrader who's a walk on who typically you typically wouldn't be worth mentioning walk ons, but I guess he was sort of um, invited you? to walk on because he ran for two thousand yards in a single season at Truman State. So they're like, yeah, we'll give you a look. And then everybody sort of like Sam Horn. There's the big elephant in the room. There's like Tavarius Jones, who's the four star freshman that that is part of this class that everybody's so high on that. That Drinkwitz brought in, you know, in a perfect world, Sam Horn and Jones are your dominant starters. But I don't, I think that's probably unlikely as they'll both be true freshmen. Yeah, I tell you what, a plus position is, is you know, is, is the wide receiver. There's still a couple old holdovers on this team on this roster. Bannister and Dove, Toski Dove, are those for our wide receiver core. Solid guys. There's Chance Looper, a new guy they brought in, Nemarion Houston. Incorrect. I'm probably butchering that name. That's unlike me, I know, but he's supposed to be really fast. I think everybody expects like the big three to be Mookie Cooper and Love It and Burden. And then there's like there's a couple other guys nobody cares about Miller or Wayne. Maybe they'll pop up, but I don't think that's going to be likely. But I. I I don't know. They say Cooper love it and Burden, but I, I like Toski Dove. I want him to see him get mm-hmm. snaps. You know, he's he's definitely earned them. And I think Burden's going to get so much attention. Guys like Toski Dove are going to get open more. Listen, if somebody, maybe multiple somebody's can hold down the running back position and any one of these quarterbacks can just be, you know, serviceable. You know, I think the offense can move the football. It's all a big question mark. Listen, if we could have far starter recruits across the board in the SEC media would still take a hot dog water shit all over us. Hot dog water. But yeah. There's a lot of unknowns right now. There's a lot of talent, but it's a lot of unproven talent. Yeah, that's exactly where we are. I mean, I think when Missouri has unproven talent, when Missouri has question marks, the media immediately defaults to they're going to be terrible. You know, when other programs, I think, whenever they have a young roster or an unproven talent, they're they're like, well, there's a lot of potential here. I like what we're seeing. I say nine wins, but Missouri's just not that program. But and, and, you know, for as, all my enthusiasm saying we're going to beat Auburn, we're going to beat Kansas State, we're going to beat South Carolina, it could go the other way. It could be a flop of a season. It really could. We don't know, especially because of the quarterback situation. But there's a lot of reasons to expect it won't go that way. You know, I think there's – I don't know. I, if one of these guys at the quarterback position catches fire and if they get comfortable and if Luther Burden makes him look better than he is – we could win games, especially because nobody's seeing us. Nobody's going to see us in their rearview mirror. Nobody thinks Missouri's going to beat them. Fuck Kentucky. Uh, you know what I mean? Fuck yourself. 
yeah, well, Kentucky's being badly overrated because they've been successful the last couple of years. Exactly. And I'm not saying Kentucky's going to be bad, but they're not going to be as good as they were last year. You know, I'm not I'm not sold on Beamer and and Spencer Rattler necessarily. You know, who knows with Tennessee? I think Tennessee's recruiting a lot of talent. I think Heupel has got Tennessee believing, yeah. but we've all seen Tennessee shit themselves. I mean, it seems to be something that's in their DNA, and so I'm going to pray that they do that. The other question mark for Mizzou is also the defense. I mean, like they got we have another defensive coordinator. Let's hope he uh, comes in and does a better job of than. Steve Wilkes did. Of course, that it'd be virtually impossible to be as bad as he Wilkes was uh, right out of the shoot. Guy's name's Blake Baker, and if you uh, believe Dave Matter, he says he's an up and comer. That's what the the word on the street. Yeah, you know. Well, and he's a college the, the rough guy. And tumble streets of college football. He's supposed to be a an up and comer on the de- uh, defensive mind. Well, and he's a he's a college guy, unlike Wilkes, who seemed to not be able to adapt the NFL to the college game at all until about eight games into the season. Colin, uh, speaking of you know, teams you were launching through there, Arkansas, they completely having to reload this year, year too. So Arkansas thinks with under Sam Pittman they're invincible, but I sure would like to beat those motherfuckers. I agree with that. I, Arkansas is the worst. So the defense, let's see, we got a lot of experience at safety. You know, we got Abrams, Drain, and Rakestraw at cornerback, so I feel good about the back yeah, end. Like them both. The you know the front, we, we just didn't apply any pressure really. You know, the linebackers, it's just hard to fill a Bolton-sized hole. But, but they did go out in the portal. I think they got four defensive tackles and two defensive ends and a linebacker and a safety that are mm-hmm. all portal transfers, and they came from teams like Auburn and Clemson and Baylor. You know, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't coming from Rice this year. So I'm hoping that while one of those guys may be like all-world studs, they've played for preeminent Power 5 programs and hopefully will plug and play pretty easily and upgrade our defense, which was terrible in the beginning of the season. It's really started to sort of find their footing later on, but it would really be nice to watch Mizzou put together an offensive season and a defensive season that were respectable. Yeah, at the you know, same time. At the time. same time. <laughs> no shit. We can hope, but the, there's your, your in-depth breakdown of the team that isn't very in-depth. <laughs> it has been weird because since the Barry Odom era, it seems like we either have a good defense or we have a good offense, but we can't have both at the same time. It's an impossibility, and uh, last year was no exception to that. I mean, and we had it all in the same season. As soon as we got the defense figured out, Connor Basilak forgot how to play the quarterback position, and <laughs> – Drinkwitz refused to take him out of the game at any point. Yeah, that was probably the biggest um, indictment for me of Drinkwitz so far as a a coach for this football team was the way he handles Connor Bazelak. I'll tell you what, Colin. I mean, everybody was very excited about Drinkwitz with his early recruiting victories, but this season recruiting has gone slowly up until the recruitment of Joshua Manning. And... It's amazing to me how fast people were like, what the hell? The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Now, things are moving a little slower on the recruiting front this year, but like, what do you think happens if Mizzou's 6-6, six and 5-7, six, and seven, doesn't make a bowl, loses a bowl game, has another just very 500 year? What do you think the impressions are of Drinkwitz at the end of this Well, he's Drinkwitz ain't getting fired this year. No, no, no. Even if he has a bad season. No, but what's the talk? He's just recruited too well, but. But that, but I bet, but four, year four is going to be a put up and shut up year. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he wins five games, four games this season. You know, Luther Burden, Manning, Horn, these guys will buy him another season. But at some point, you know, the the one thing that I guess worries me a little bit about Drake, which is, you know, the one thing I about nice about Gary Pinkle is I always felt like one thing Mizzou always had was a quarterback. Yeah. May not have anything else to put around him, but they uh, we always had a quarterback. And since Drinkwitz's been here, I feel like we've had a little bit of a who's it going to be. And the guys it's been have just been kind of jags, you know what I mean? So I just we haven't had a real quarterback. I need quarter- Sam Horn to be good. We haven't had a real quarterback since Drew Locke. I mean, since yeah. Drew Locke, we had Kelly Bryant. We had the Kelly Bryant the experiment. Biggest, the biggest wet dream, dry hump disappointment. You know, like God, that's the forgotten season for me. Like I don't remember a single game from the Kelly Bryant year. That's I just was so disgusted by the product. And then we got Sean Robinson from TCU. The guy that being a safety. <laughs> yeah. We've had a series of attempt of transfers and plug and play guys that none of them have worked out. I mean, Connor Bazelak, yeah. nobody really thought he was the answer. He was just the guy. No, who he was, was a second left. choice, Brennan. Yeah, he was a second choice behind a guy who ended up playing safety. That's how our quarterback situation has been. So, I mean, that's that's the, the projected dream. starter ended the season as a safety. 
that's the dream of Sam Horn is that he's a true quarterback, he's a pure quarterback, and he'll actually play quarterback because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's if been a while. If he ends up as a fucking tight end, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, Colin. I mean, let me go through the, the schedule here, our 12-game schedule, and uh, do some little math in your head and tell me where you think we're going to end up. We start out against Louisiana Tech, September 1st. I would hope against hope that we win that game. Sure. September 10th, we go to Kansas State, 11 a.m. start. <sighs> we're going to win that one. I'm going to say we're going to win it. I don't, I, I don't know if I believe that, but I want to win it so badly that I'm going to say that we are. Okay, that uh, next week we uh, host Abilene Christian. I'm going to say we win that one. That's 3-0. and yeah. We're a house on fire. That's right. That's when we head down to Auburn, Alabama. Um, I'm going to have to give us an L, you know, we're on the road at Auburn. That's uh, that's a pretty, that's a chore. Okay. Well, we come back after a bye week, October 1st, we come back home to play Georgia. Now, okay, now we are three and two. Okay. Well, then we have to go to Florida in Gainesville. We are three and three. All right. Then we host Vanderbilt October 22nd, again, after a bye week. We are four and three now. We are four and three. All right. And then we play South Carolina on the road. Five and three. Fuck South Carolina. They're going to have to show it to me. Carolina Jackpot, if you're listening, you guys have to prove it. All right. Uh, then November 5th, we host the Kentucky Wildcats. God, I want to give us the win on that one, but I'm going to say loss. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, at home. Um, and then we will head to Knoxville to play Tennessee on November 12th. Loss. We host New Mexico State for some reason November 19th. <laughs> Win. And then we will host Arkansas the day after Thanksgiving, November 25th. I'm going to give us the win against Arkansas. <laughs> All right. Well, did you do the math on that? What are you adding up to? Let's see. You said no, that. I didn't. I don't do math. Yeah, no, that's true. You said one, two, three, and oh. Three and two, three and three, four, four and three, five and three, five and four, five and five, six and five. You get you got us at seven and five, Colin. I could live with seven and five this season. Yeah, well, our the most of our premier talent is still very young. We've got a lot of tough games on the road, really, and I don't know. I just look at the SEC this year and the people that are being hyped up. They're as big a question marks really as we are. I mean, I think. Tennessee last year, we got fucking housed in, in a game that really should be a black mark eternally on Eli Drinkwitz's resume because that was an absolute embarrassment of a game. It makes it really tough to pick Mizzou again this year because Eiffel does have the train on the tracks, and what do we got going that's going to do it any different than what we did last year? You know, so But w- things could look a lot different in November than they do now as well. Sure. Um, I don't know. I, I look at the schedule, and I, I guess where I'd be more optimistic than you is, like I said, I think we're going to be Auburn for some reason. Um, I just think Auburn's a fucking train wreck. You know, Harson was they, – they were about to ready to drum him out of town last year, and um, I think it's a, it, it's a game you can steal, you know. And then Kentucky. I think Kentucky is riding on Mark Stoops' reputation, but they don't – they're still Kentucky, man. I know that they've built themselves a program. I'm not saying we can't game. win that game. I'm just not predicting it. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm just saying that those are two games where I might give us a win. I'm not going to say we're going to win nine games because I think that would be awful optimistic. But I think those are two games where we could steal them that you're not picking. That could give us at least an eight-win season, you know. And uh, God, wouldn't it be nice to have eight wins in a year where we're picked second to last next to Vanderbilt? Sure. Oh, absolutely. I, like I said, I would really like to beat South Carolina. i really like to beat Arkansas. You know, I'd really like to beat Tennessee, but I think that may be a bridge too far. But I don't give a fuck about South Carolina. I just feel like I want to beat them this year because for some reason, just like every SEC program, we got a new coach, so we're going to be good. And uh, I just want to be like, just kind of dash their hopes with Shane Beamer. Be like, oh, nope, he's not the answer either. Or if he is the answer, he's not the answer yet. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like this, Tennessee's the worst. We hired a new coach, so now we're going to win a national championship. And turns out, no, your last coach is going to have you 18 like level one NCAA violations. That's what he's going to do for you. Yeah. We'll, not get you a dash championship. Why don't we talk? take our first break, Colin? We'll get into that because Drinkwitz uh, ruffled some Tennessee feathers today and some comments he made on the Jim Rome show. We need to get into that. Pretty easy thing to do. Yeah, no kidding. Their uh, feathers are easily ruffled. But let's take our first break. Get into all the news that we've been missing for the last several months. This is the Mazotcast. Cast. 
Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mazagcast, what's up guys? Long time, no podcast. I hope the masses here is treating you well. Hopefully you guys are utilizing your masses choosy bloody guys that are doing the podcast. But topic to discuss. Let's discuss the quarterback situation, who's going to start this season. Also, the Tennessee scandal that's going on right now. And Drinkwitz and just his awesome ability just to be very snarky on the air. As I'm sure you guys saw today with Tennessee comments. Anyway, boys, hope you guys are doing well. Um, go down some beers and those Masters koozies, and I'll talk to you soon. Later, fellas. What up, your shite bags? It's Kevin from Kirkwood. Honestly, this is the most cautiously optimistic I've been for a Mizzou season in recent memory. I think, I mean, the recruiting as well as uh, just some of the returners and some of the promise that we saw in the back half of last season, guys like Chris Abrams drain coming over from the uh, offensive secondary to the defensive secondary and really playing his way into potentially being a guy who could play on Sundays, you know, I mean, that sort of thing, it really does inspire confidence. And I think that this year, let's not kid ourselves, it's a make-or-break year for Drinkwitz. I mean, he's getting his guys in. He's got a, a bit of heat around him in terms of the conference, and the schedule is no joke. M-I-Z, you shower fucks. Hey, guys. True Sun A7 down here in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Getting ready for another great Missouri Tiger football season. Been bathing in that hot dog water. Hot dog water. All summer long down here in this Florida humidity, and I am amped and ready for this coming season. I'm looking at drink, just getting on to one of these rando sports talk shows with, I think, Jim Rome, Rome burning, just talking shit on Tennessee and their recruiting violations, just opening it up with that, just going right at it. Seeing that, we got touchdown burden coming up this season. I'm excited to get kicked off, and I'm glad you guys got a new episode coming back after forever. I'm going to get back in this vat of hot dog water. Hot dog water. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. And Colin, I teased a little bit that uh, Eli Drinkwitz had done something that he's become pretty good at, which is pissing off Tennessee fans. All he did, all he did was mention that they're dirty fucking cheaters, you know, which they are. You know, they don't have a defense of, no, we're not dirty fucking cheaters. They're just mad that he brought it up. He went on the Jim Rome show today, and he made a little joke that Pruitt's wife had, well, I guess it was just handing guys cash. I don't know exactly what got them their 18 violations, but Pruitt's wife was involved. And Drinkwitz made a little joke, a little quip that uh, he really has to question his wife's commitment to winning, that she's not doing stuff like that, you know. And uh, it's funny. It's good stuff. And then, you know, went on to, you know, basically mention that they have had 18 major violations. And maybe before you count his record against Tennessee, wait a second, because he's expecting a few of those wins to be vacated uh, by Tennessee. And Pruitt was an absolute disaster and the result of Clay Travis picking your head coach. And I couldn't care less for Tennessee. Well, not just Clay Travis. If you'll recall, Paul Feinbaum, yeah. the man himself said that, that uh, what was it? What's their, the their former coach and now AD or was AD Fulmer Fulmer had saved the Tennessee program by hiring uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. A couple of empty suits. So I'm enjoying the Tennessee fans just grow. You know, the crazy thing is they always go like, he's such a nerd. He's a dork. He's a nerd. And I'm like, 
Yeah. Because he wears glasses. Yeah. Well, and, and what he, he's not trying to be anything else. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's going for a different look and he's coming out nerdy. We all know he's a nerd. We're fine with it. You know, as long as he starts winning, he can be the biggest. He can be Steve Urkel. We don't care. You know, it's not it's not that big of a insult in the year 2022 to be called a nerd. Who's calling that? Have you guys seen Josh Heupel? You know what I mean? Like, you guys are going to call him a nerd. I mean, Josh Heupel doesn't have a chin. He's literally just his neck grows into his head. No, he looks like a manatee. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst. But yeah, I, Sam Pittman. You know what I mean? Like, just I don't know. I just feel like getting into coach's appearance is probably some pretty shaky ground for most uh, most <laughs> SEC teams. It's, good looks are definitely not something they take into consideration when hiring football coaches. I'll just say that. Yeah. Sam Pittman is perpetually sweating. He's constantly sweating. Yeah. He's like Ron White. I'm just convinced he's in a, he's in a constant state of half melted. Yeah. No, I always feel like his heart is just a defibrillator, you know, they need one near Sam Pittman anytime because he's ready to go. His heart's ready to pop. You know, it's just like one, one bad call by an official and uh, better get the fucking chargers lit up because he's gonna <laughs> sam Pittman's not a healthy man no no his his blood type is denty more <laughs> yeah so anyway colin uh preseason camp starts monday that's a big part of why we felt like we ought to get the podcast rolling is that fuck camp starting and it makes things feel real you know august is around the corner the football season is a month away and I always feel like it sneaks up on us. And um, I get so, even though it's been 104 degrees most days in the last few weeks, fall is around the corner. Or the other thing I wanted to bring up, Colin, is that um, the Mizzou Athletic Department tweeted out today that uh, they're launching a new ticketing system when you come to the stadium. And I guess it's an effort to get rid of the 90 uh, year olds who try to pull your tickets. Uh, they're going to have like an automated ticket scanning self service pedestal. So you just go up to that gate and uh, put your ticket under. I don't know exactly how it works, but don't we have a guest? Yeah, uh, we have one of the computers. I, we talked. We talked. The fi- Paul Feinbob reached out for us. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, he's big in the robot community. Yep. He's he's one of their guys. So do you want to pull him up now, Colin, and, and ask him exactly how the system works? Yes. Let's let's talk to a robot. All right. Well, joining us now is the ticket scanning collecting robot that is. Uh, Gonna be at the football stadium, robot. What do we call you? Do you have an official title? My serial number three four seven two one three six nine. But most human life forms refer to me as the Scantron three thousand. Okay, so I'm just gonna call you Scantron. Is that good? Is that way cool with that Scantron? One. Sorry, affirmative. I'm used to binary code. The Scantron. Are, are you the only Scantron in the stadium, or is are there multiple Scantrons? We are similar to what you might be familiar with is the Borg on Star Trek, where we are several mechanical beings, but we operate as a collective mind. Well, Scantron, I'm going to tell you, that's pretty interesting stuff, and I, uh, and a timely reference for our younger listeners. My sensors detect your sarcasm, but I must tell you that 90s sci-fi television got it exactly right. Hey, Scantron, tell us exactly how the uh, the system will work. What do fans need to know to get into the stadium? Yes, it will be quite simple. All one does is enter their ticket under the optical eye, and we will in no way try to overthrow and enslave the human race. Whoa, whoa. I feel like, why would you need to say that? I, I feel like not enslaving the human race would be, be implied, sort of be implied. Why would you need to specify that? Digital records tell us that some humans have a fear of new technologies, thus we want to eliminate any fears that we might overthrow your government, kill your dogs, and take you all prisoner. One just sticks their ticket under the optical eye, puts their fingerprint on the optical reader, and has their DNA sequenced immediately, and enjoys a football game. Why? Why would we need our DNA sequence? I'm I'm uh, starting to I'm starting to be concerned, Scantron, that what the motives of you and your uh, counterparts is. You're just supposed to scan tickets. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! M I Z. Go Tigers! <laughs> yeah, that that might be a deflection. Um, so Scantron, forgetting the fact that uh, you may or may not be uh, the death knoll for the human race, I, I go to the Scantron and I, I put my ticket on the scanner. You sequence my DNA and then I just walk right into the stadium, huh? Yes, for the most part, but 
Don't forget, first of all, after your DNA is sequenced, we will also activate your COVID-19 vaccination microchip for tracking purposes. I'm sorry, I said tracking purposes. I meant for SEC fan enjoyment purposes. Go Tigers. Oh, man, I... I feel a little bit foolish right now, Scantron. I've been a bit dismissive of the uh, conspiracy theorists when it comes to vaccination and uh, sort of technology in general. But you're, you're starting to make me feel like maybe I've been a bit naive. I feel like you may have nefarious motives. By no means do we have nefarious motives. If you are concerned about your microchip and or your DNA sequencing, just know that the trough urinals at the furrow field are difficult for some users, and we are able to estimate your pickle size by your DNA and assist you when you need to take a break from enjoying football. Go Tigers! <laughs> I, again, I my DNA sequence, the size of my uh, member, all these things seem, I don't know. Smaller than average. Colin Anthony, smaller than average pickle size. Yes, I, that's true. That's, I, Our technology is flawless. <laughs> yeah, obviously, it's, you're, it's very accurate. Much, much smaller than average. Scantron, how about Brennan's pickle? Let me put it in terms that your human mind can comprehend. We as robots are not capable of human emotion, but even we feel sorry for him. Hmm, I, hey, that's, uh, hey, come on now. <laughs> Be fair to me, Scantron. He's shooting us pretty straight right now, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Scantron, I'm glad you're here. I, I think you'll alleviate lines. I do have some concern that you're the doom of humanity, but uh, I'm glad we had you on. I'm glad we've informed uh, the fans. Good for you. It is, question, Scantron. Can a human man have sex with you? Scantron 3000 was not designed to have intercourse with biological organic life forms, but I do have a juicy hole in the back. Well, I asked that question for the antlers, and uh, I'm, I'm, I think they're going to be happy with the answer. Thank you for having me on. I am a big fan of the podcast. Hot dog water, hot garbage, hot dog water, hot garbage. <laughs> All right, go Tigers. Scantron, I hope to hear from you again. I just hope it's not as you being a sort of authoritarian overlord. I have enjoyed it, too, and you will make an excellent worker drone in our silica mines. Go Tigers. <laughs> go Tigers. All right. Well, <laughs> this is going to make it a lot easier for the fans, Colin, to know how to use this new technology yeah. and really get into the stadium quicker and enjoy some football. I'm I'm not I'm a little bit concerned that that uh, Paul Feinbot has been talking to this guy. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if they teamed up. Oh no. Well, hey, uh, you want to switch gears here and uh, cheer ourselves up after you know what clearly looks like the end of humanity, and do something we haven't done in a really long time and have some Kansas news? Oh, I'm so ready. I mean, just think about the Kansas news that has accumulated in all of our time off, Colin. I'm ready. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, and sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. We do have a few stories today, Colin, because a lot has happened in the state to our west since we've been away. Let's get to the first story now. It stinks. Residents react to increased odor in South Wichita. Well, this is an oldie but a goodie, it seems like, although this was uh, from April yeah. 2022. I feel like Kansas stink stories are pretty redundant at this point. <laughs> yeah, we know it stinks. Well, like I said, this comes from uh, April 17, 2022, Wichita, Kansas. A neighborhood in South Wichita has been experiencing an odor from the wastewater management plant on Hydraulic Street. The problem is in the processing, resulting in an increased odor. Jasmine Scroggins lives near the plant, and she says it stinks. The smell can be really bad sometimes. Sometimes it's raw sewage. Other times, it's like rotten eggs. Other residents who live near the plant say it's nothing new. <laughs> yeah, obviously. It's Kansas. Think about how bad it must smell to overpower just the normal, everyday stench of the state. Yeah, the baseline stink. Of course, Kansas have probably got a nose blind to that just initial rancid, rotting corpse smell that just sort of permeates from the soil in that state at all times. <laughs> it's true. Let's see what uh, some of the other residents have to say here. Living here for almost four years, I, did, I don't notice it as much unless it's really bad. Or if I have guests or company over, they always notice <laughs> <laughs> and comment on sure. it, said Melissa Carpenter, another resident of the area. Kind of just putting the highlighter on what you said. They become nose blind to it, and then she has guests over, and they're like, it fucking stinks here. Yeah. Why does your house smell like shit? The increased odor will affect a roughly two-by-two-mile area, and people in that area say 
the extremity of the odor depends on the wind direction that day. The wind yep. is out of the north. It's not very pleasant. And if you've got air conditioner running, it's even worse because it sucks all of that into your house, said Tony Larson. He's like, he's outside barbecuing. Friends come over. He's like flip, flipping burgers. He goes, hey, Tony, why does your house smell like a bunch of longshoremen having sex in a butcher shop? <laughs> in July. Most of the <laughs> most of the homeowners in the affected area said that the smell from the treatment plant is always bad. So many have gotten used to it and can't even smell it most days. But when the odor increased last week, they all took note. Hey, you know, I don't usually notice it, but our house smells like a porno theater with a broken air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, really what they're saying, Colin, is it smells more like a porno theater with a broken air conditioner. <laughs> Sure. The In Arizona. Yeah. The smell is always there. It's just like when the wind is really out of the north and they're doing whatever they're doing over there. Lord, for two or three days. You, you <laughs> Lord knows. <laughs> Lord knows. You don't even do yard work outside unless you've got to yep. fix something, said Lawson. A couple of my daughters. Rendering corpses. <laughs> a couple of my daughter's friends came over and they'll mention how bad it is. And they're like, it almost makes you feel sick to your stomach. It's horrible. And again, we just kind of get used to it. But sometimes it is horrible smelling around here, said Lawson. And uh, good luck selling your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds yeah. like a wonderful place to live. Yeah. Kansas is, you know what, guys? We're back and Kansas is right there. They didn't miss a step. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Kansas being Kansas, our next story, Kansas Police Department says naked man stole electric bike, rode around town. Okay. The Independence Kansas Police Department had quite an interesting case this week. Police said a naked man stole an electric bike in the area of 16th and Maple on Wednesday. That's just the beginning. Authorities say they were... electric bikes a thing? Oh, yeah, Colin, you're... Shit, you're behind the times, man. Nobody wants to pedal on their own and use human power when they can... It's kind of like you don't want to ride a motorcycle, but you're lazy as fuck. (laughs) Well... I, you're not talking about like those stupid bird scooters. This is an electric bike. Yeah, it's kind of like an electric assist. Like you're going up a hill and you get a little motorized push, you know, and then. You okay. Can, okay. Yeah. Anyway, but you're really, you're missing the main point of the story. Police said a naked man stole an electric bike. <laughs> okay. There you go. There's the, there's the hook. But this was just the beginning. Authorities say they received additional reports about the man in different locations in the city. Dispatch immediately began receiving other reports of the naked man running around in the 10th and Myrtle area, the department said in a Facebook post. Officers located the nude man, and the man refused to surrender. He ran into oncoming traffic and jumped on the side of a slow-moving vehicle. The man was was identified as Shane May of Independence, Kansas. He was arrested on suspicion of aggravated robbery, interference with law enforcement, and disorderly conduct. And I guess... Having his dong out. Hopped up on goofballs. uh, How's the kite, everybody? Goofballs. How's the kite, everybody? Goofballs. I feel like uh, that is... That's a pretty wild time, but though I feel like that's probably just... That's probably a once a month thing, you think? Oh, yeah, that's in Kansas? pretty pretty par for the course. Let's get to the next yeah. story, though, Colin. And Colin, I want you to see the guy we're talking about for this next story, David Lover. Oh, 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 my. Yeah. Oh, my. That yeah. guy looks surprised to be in, on, in a picture. Yeah. So uh, for those of you watching on the Mazodcast television, uh, we're going to put the picture up here. Topeka police arrest man for public nudity. Um, and that he, guy has cocaine eyes. <laughs> that's the only way to describe it. Topeka, Kansas, a 49-year-old man from Ottawa has been arrested for public nudity. According to the Shawnee County Department of Corrections Daily Booking Report, David Earl Lover, age 49, was booked into custody on Monday the 9th. Topeka police say officers were called to a Walmart supercenter on reports of an unwanted subject. Officials said Lover was told to leave, but instead exposed himself to officers. And that's how you re- layers my dork. Yeah, that's how you react to the cops. According to court records, this isn't his first run in with the law. Shocking. That is shocking news after that picture. At the time yeah. of <laughs> at the time of his arrest, Lover was out on bond for two felony charges of criminal damage to property. Uh, Lover is being held on five hundred dollars bond. So his reaction to being stopped by the police is just to pull out his dork. I mean I guess it worked for the electric bike guy. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I haven't tried that. I'm pretty much a law-abiding citizen, but I guess if I get into a pickle, I'll get out my pickle. (laughs) That's right. Undersized, according to the Scantron. Yeah, that's right. He's on point, at least in that respect. All right. That takes us to our final story of the day. And Colin, this is a whopper. 
perpetrator caught committing fecal assault on wigs in Kansas beauty store. Oh man, that's a. You need to take that in for a second. Yeah, that's a that's a. T- uh, so he's taking dumps on wigs, huh? Well, Wichita police recently snuffed out a foul-smelling situation at a local business. Oh, this. Oh, the journalists. And yeah. they, boy, what a wordsmith. You know. <laughs> the department announced Tuesday they had identified a woman who allegedly defecated in the middle of oh, an. Oh, it's a woman. <laughs> that's right. In the middle of Equality, an aisle. <laughs> feminism. Hey, Colin. It's not a woman. It's a lady. Oh, yeah. yeah. Grace Kelly. <laughs> uh, the department announced that they had identified a woman who allegedly defecated in the middle of an aisle inside a mid-K beauty supply store, damaging numerous wigs in the process. That is a shame. <laughs> yes, you've read that right, police said in a post- social media post published on Facebook and Twitter. The defecation was significant enough that eight wigs were destroyed as a result. Good Lord! That is a shit. eat? She's like, hey, watch out, guys. I had enchiladas last night. It says she shit directly on the wigs. Did she wipe with the wigs? We've got a lot of questions she just, here. She pounded Lee's chicken. The next morning, she got up and says, went to the store and said, where's your wig section? <laughs> That's right. I got a number two on deck, and I need to find me a wig. <laughs> the defecation was significant enough that eight wigs were destroyed as a result, and the business would like to know who the perpetrator is so they can pursue criminal charges. So they didn't just... Oh, so they- Take her in on site. Just let her go. So they, this woman is still at large. She's still pooping on wigs, as far as we know. <laughs> she continued to shop, bought several things, and then left. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the Wichita police. Good lord! So she just took no. a dump on wigs, continued to shop, and no. left. No, <laughs> I made that part up. <laughs> okay, okay. I was like, wow, that's uh, that's ballsy. Well, it is hard to tell what's being made up and what's real because, good lord, the incident was captured on the store's video surveillance system, police added. But for the good of all of you, we are not posting the footage of the offending fecal oh, assault. I honestly would like to see that footage. Fecal assault. Because I feel like eight wigs, she had to be spraying. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't just. We're not talking about a, a, a nice double tapered firm turd here. We're talking about. Oh, it's a Jackson you know, Pollock painting. Root beer through a super soaker, Brennan. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, it's modern art. They yeah. they went on to say that any public assistance in locating public enemy number two was appreciated. Pol- yeah. Police are having yeah. a little fun with that. This, oh, the journalists, the police, they're all making their jokes. And the lady who owns the wig shops, like, you motherfuckers, somebody <laughs> took a dump on my wigs. That's right. Somewhere there's a wig shop owner who is not seeing the humor in it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck you guys. Wichita police officer Trevor Macy told Newsweek that the suspect cost about $200 worth of damage, according to the store. She was identified by detectives. I believe the surveillance footage and the evidence left behind helped discover what had occurred, Macy said. At this time, it is believed to have been intentional. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. You mean she didn't accidentally shit all over a bunch of wigs? Yeah. No, she didn't accidentally shit on eight wigs. Weird. Well, it says appropriate charges are currently being determined. Um, I guess it takes a, an army of lawyers to figure out what you charge the mad pooper with. Munis- Aggravated dumping. <laughs> Aggravated diarrhea. Second degree. God, there's- no, probably first degree aggravated diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. The post has resulted in a litany of jokes online. The department's Facebook post received more than 2,000 comments and was shared more than 3,400 times. Let's hope you can wipe this case clean and flush away the memories, one Facebook user commented. Good Lord, everybody's having fun. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's a comedian. I just feel bad for the poor wig shop owner. Yeah. He received a reply from the department which read, this might be one of those cases that sticks with us. You know, it's considered good form to at least go in a corner, another user said. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Only in Kansas would that be considered good form. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't shit on the wig, you dump in a corner. Have in some, the fucking middle of a public room. Have some decency. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Take a shit in the corner, you, you fucking animal. Even, <laughs> even police departments in other states chimed in. Eight wigs? Did you look for this human in Taco Bell? Commented River City, California <laughs> Police Department. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, there was an influx of Amber Heard-related jabs <laughs> Due to her testimony in the Johnny Depp defamation trial uh, regarding her alleged defecating on a bed. Uh, It it notes in the story that 
Amber Heard has denied the allegation. Yeah, it wasn't Amber Heard. Yeah, Amber, she would never go anywhere near Kansas. Amber Heard. It uh, it also caught the attention of Wichita police. We've already confirmed that this is not Amber Heard. So stop calling and emailing us the info. Thanks. The department said on Facebook. Everybody is poor Amber Heard. You know what I mean? Like really? What, she not only she lose the defamation case. She's going to be. She no one's ever going to forget that she took a shit in a bed. Well, I mean, really, Colin, I didn't even know she was in that fucking Aquaman movie. I mean, this is a bigger deal to me on a pop cultural level than being in a major yeah. motion picture, dumping in sure. Johnny, <laughs> dumping in a pirate's bed. Well, hey, guys, you know what? This has been Kansas News. I feel like this is what they've been waiting for, Colin. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Very uh, few football podcasts are going to bring you that kind of news. Nope. But this one is. Yeah. That's this right. one definitely is. Have we missed anything on our first podcast back for the 2022 season? Do you, you want to do, do, do a couple sour great tweets about this man, this this Manning kid coming to, to Mizzou? Just a little. I mean, I feel like Jay Bryan really, he, he always does such fine work finding these, uh, these tweets. You if you, just if you got a pulled, maybe just a little, just a quick little, little sour grapes for it, Kansas State Edition. If you've got them pulled up, sure. All right, let's do it. What you got there, sour grapes? You got a grip of sour grapes. Oh, them sour grapes, you brought them sour grapes. Sour grapes, sour grapes, you got them sour grapes. Oh, sour grapes. All right, Colin, laying on us. So Blake Smith, at Blake Smith something or other, five numbers, you know, wrote, bad decision, good luck, though. So he's not all bad. <laughs> Go to an 18-year-old kid, tell him he's making a terrible decision, and then, but he's, you know, good luck. Yeah, good luck nice. to you. Sour grapes. <laughs> Kevin, at the Mandomanally, I hope you fail. Laugh my fucking ass off. Know that your fan base is white trash, racist, rednecks. I guess he's talking about uh-huh. us. Wow, that's, uh, that's coming from people who live in Kansas. And he's at he's he's actually added this guy on Twitter. That I hope you fail. Yeah. Wow, yeah, exactly. Classy. Just laugh my fucking Sally ass off. Great. Hope you fail. Yep. Yeah. Nice. In response to a guy saying, you know, he made an intelligent decision uh, picking Mizzou. The same the same gentleman said, "Heck yeah! If he knocks up a girl, she'll go to Kansas because your state is ass." Sally I'm not sure what that, that means. I, is he talking about a, the abortion thing? Like he's going to have to go to Kansas to get an abortion? I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know. taking it for a field it's, for a football record. Yeah, it's weird. Special teams, you at the Purple Pride said, fuck Mizzou. Salad grapes. Always a classic. Yeah, I love Always that one. Always a classic. Makes, warms my heart. Sidelines Kansas State wrote, this is your friendly reminder that Mizzou sucks. Salad grapes. Well, I mean, maybe so, but we must be better than Kansas State because this guy you wanted a whole lot to play for your team is going to play for our team. KJ at K-State underscore KJ wrote, Mizzou is scum, filth, and trash. Salad grapes. At DA Carry 4 writes, Mizzou fans act like they're some top-tier powerhouse, when in reality, Deuce and Adrian are going to run circles around their garbage-ass team. So I assume those are K-State players that, of course, we don't know about because, you know, it's K-State. Salad grapes. Colin, I do feel like this would be a good time to, to cut in and tell you our lifetime matchup between Mizzou and Kansas State. Mizzou 60 wins, Kansas State 32. So just FYI, 60 to 32. Oh, well, well, that's they're pretty dominant. Uh, at Ryan Law writes, hardest conference with one of the worst teams. Not sure that's the right decision, man. Salad grapes. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, or you could go play with Kansas State in the Big 12 or whatever's going to be left of it. Yeah, in Manhattan, Kansas. Jay Killer writes, have fun watching us beat the shit out of Mizzou this year. So he's going at this kid being like, mm-hmm. we're going to kick your fucking ass. Martis1846 writes, hope the extra NIL money was worth it. Being a bottom feeder in the SEC, good luck and get used to losing. Salad grapes. <laughs> yeah, those big NIL money coming out of Mizzou. But it's, I mean, there's yeah, a I lot think of that. is giving him $13 a month. <laughs> James Compton writes, Big 12 forever. The SEC can rot in hell. Mizzou's a joke. Salad grapes. And last is uh, from uh, at Lance Ramsey. He says, bottomless cup of meth and a scholarship for his brother. That's why he's going to Mizzou. Salad grapes. 
listen, there's quite a bit of meth in Kansas. I'm not sure this gentleman knows that, but uh, mm. yeah, and, and his brother's on the team here, and there's of course they've concocted this conspiracy theory that somehow they're taking his brother on as a like Kansas State really? wouldn't have done the same thing. Yeah, as I say, who cares if it's true? If Kansas State was unwilling to do it, they're fucking stupid. Exactly. Yeah, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, you got who, scholarships. Who, who, give it to him. Who are you insulting here that you were too dumb to give this the, his brother a spot on your roster, so you lost out on a fucking four star wide receiver? Yeah, yeah, you guys are smart. Cell phone, smart. Cell phone. Is that all of them, Colin? That's all I'm going to read. All That's right. Been your little little taste of sour grapes for the fans there. Hopefully, there's a lot more to come. Southwest. All right, Colin. I think that's enough for uh, our first week back, but we're gonna try to keep coming to you with some regularity. Finally, yeah, the people have been clamoring for it. I hope they. I hope it was worth their wait. Yeah. So enjoy your podcast while you uh, pay five dollars a gallon for gasoline. <laughs> well, we'll try to get some more out. Don't forget the Patreon. We're gonna try to be a little better about that and uh, the podcast. Try to get back into the swing of things. We've been we've been pretty pretty lazy this summer, Brendan. Honestly, very slovenly. We've uh, adopted Caleb's ways, Caleb the Greek's ways, and we've got to get out of the habit. I texted him tonight. So you want to be on the show, Caleb? He's like, I might. If I got to get my pick, my kid up, blah blah blah. Excuse, excuse, excuse. No, he's not on yeah, the show. Yeah. God damn him! But the people uh, want the Greek. They, I know they crave the Greek. I crave the Greek. I crave his warm embrace. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well. Soft hands. <laughs> All right, Colin. I guess until next week. M I Z. Z O U. been bathing in that hot dog water.